Hi, is uh, is this thing on? Hello? Okay. Well, my name is Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs, and I am the host of As I Was Saying Podcast. Consider me your best friend that's not just going to let you sit there and think problematic thoughts. So sit back, relax, make sure you're following us on Instagram, As I Was Saying Podcast. Follow me, she will speak, and let's get it popping on this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to As I Was Saying Podcast. So I am so sorry. I feel like I kind of did y'all. You know, like when you go to the bar and you meet somebody and like y'all hang out about three times and you think it's going well, you start telling your friends about them and then they like ghost you and you're like, damn, that was crazy. I definitely did that. And I apologize, but 2020 has been interesting. And for me personally, it has done a lot for my mind, both in a negative sense, but both in a positive sense. I feel like it is true what they say. Um, sometimes you really do have to go back to hell to come back to heaven again, or to come back to realizing who you are and your purpose. And I feel like I have been around the supernatural world a couple times. So I said that to say, Thank y'all for sticking it out with me. Thank y'all for listening to um, older episodes. I'm able to go back in and see people, you know, new listeners. And I'm happy to see that numbers have went up on other things, which means that you guys are listening, which is totally awesome. And I'm thanking you so, so, so much. So, you know how we do it over here as as I was saying podcast. For those of you who are seasoned listeners, thank y'all for coming back. For those of you who are my new listeners, just relax relax and we're going to learn today. So excited also for this episode because we've started to come back with our interviews. Yay! I have some wonderful people lined up for you. Some of them are my close friends. Some of them are people that I've had the opportunity to work with and they're dope. And some of them are people who, which makes me happy, have found the podcast and wanted to tell y'all what's up with their life. So just be on the lookout for that. So today, I actually have the honor of introducing you to Angelique Ambers. So Angelique Ambers actually was a participant in the She Will Speak series, Gender-Based Violence Anthology, and two of her poems were in there, which was Rotting and Revival. So Angelique Ambers is a poet and writer who lives in Illinois. While she has been writing poetry for many years, she recently started performing her work as a spoken word artist in Chicago in 2019. Additionally, she was the host for Hot Sauce Poetry, which is an inspirational open mic in Chicago earning her a 2020 nomination for a National Spoken Word Award in the category of Best Host. As of recently, she just dropped her first collection of poems entitled Lessons Taught by Daddy. So, I'm going to be quiet so we can do what we always do, which is get into these really dope episodes with some really dope people and... I hope you enjoy. And if you are loving what you're hearing by the end of this episode, make sure you subscribe and drop a comment on our Instagram page, as I was saying, podcast. Hello, Angelique. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am doing actually really well. I'm sitting by the window um, with the sun beaming on my face. Sun helps a lot. I think everyone needs to go outside and get some sun today. Absolutely. Sun is so rejuvenating. I mean, you just can't go wrong with a little sunshine. You cannot go wrong with a little sunshine at all. So I'm so excited to be talking with you today. I know you have your new collection of poetry out. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But can you tell everybody on As I Was Saying podcast who you are and what you do? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Angelique Ambers. I am a poet and recently um, last year I did begin to perform my poetry. So I'm also a spoken word Yay. artist. Um, I love to write. It, it's a great outlet for me. So I've been writing for quite some time. It's a way for me to reflect and actually kind of digest a lot of different emotions that I feel, but also I like to explore social issues through the beauty of words. So writing has been a great creative outlet for me. Um, in addition to writing, I also began to host open mics. One of the open mics that I hosted is actually located in Chicago, Illinois, and it's called Hot Sauce Poetry. So I was a host there for quite some time, and it actually earned me a nomination for the 2020 National Spoken Word Awards for Best Host. So I am excited about that. It's a nomination. I haven't, you know, gotten the award, but I'm still nonetheless very thankful and grateful for my progress in open mics and also performing. And also, um, I'm a mother, you know, so... All my moms can relate to wearing many hats and uh, being a mother has really motivated me and also focused me in ways that I never would have imagined. You know, when you first enter motherhood, it's really, you know, you're thinking this person is so dependent on me, I need to make sure I take care of them, which is definitely a true narrative. But you have no idea how much that little person motivates you to be the best version of yourself. So um, being a mother is something I'm very proud of. And uh, currently, I work um, in customer service, <laughs> but I am hoping to eventually move away from that and just be uh, working more creatively full time. I love that. So first, congratulations on the nomination, because the nomination is still amazing. Thank so you. congratulations. Sit with that. I'm proud. That That is totally awesome. And being a host, I actually um, relocated back in November to Atlanta. And that is where I actually started hosting. I think I would do, you know, hosting a little bit here and there when I was in New Jersey and New York. But um, like I said, I, I actually have a great love for hosting now because I think it's something awesome to be able to really pull and connect with other people. Like it's one mm -hmm. thing to be reciting your work, but it's another thing to like be intentionally listening to somebody else and then do that little like 30 second to a minute recap with them in the audience. Absolutely. And that's what I love so much about hosting. And I, I'm sure you're loving re having relocated to Atlanta. That sounds amazing. Yes. But I definitely agree with hosting. It's just something about being able to connect to an audience and being able to connect to a diverse group of people. Because when you're saying your work, you feel it. I mean, you wrote it. <laughs> you, you know, you obviously mm -hmm. um, feel what you wrote. But being able to connect with other artists and then connect that to a larger audience, I think is really nice because it just gives you a chance to just learn to network and also accept diverse works. Because while I've hosted, I've seen just a wide range of just creative um, spirits, you know, just different types of poetry, different types of performing art. And I just find it all quite beautiful. So I really enjoy not only connecting with um, the audience, but also the artists as well. Yes, I, I can honestly say I've met so many amazing people just from hosting. And like you said, being able to take a different avenue because it, it definitely takes a certain person to be able to be very intentional and 
be like, wow, did y'all catch what they just said? And um, mm -hmm. also making people comfortable because I love when I have someone who's new at the mic and they're so nervous and it's like, no, you did amazing. So I, I'm, I'm sharing that, you know, that spirit with you of being a host because it's amazing. And, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier before um, we started recording y'all. Angelique, congratulations on your new collection of poetry. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I currently have a collection of poems out. Um, it's available on Amazon right now for purchase. And the title is Lessons Taught by Daddy. And this collection is very special to me because as I was writing, I was healing through my writing. Um, it was a journey for me from feeling like I needed validation from others and seeking approval from people because I felt that I had some sort of abandonment issues. One from, you know, growing up without my father and just not having those normal family dynamics. And then also I began to move away from that and realize that, okay, I have to be able to stop blaming other people for the direction my life is going or the choices that I'm making as far as relationships because part of the book and some of the poems in the book discuss a, discuss a relationship I was in that wasn't necessarily healthy. And I found myself thinking that this was love because for a man to be controlling and always wanting to know where I am, you know, that must be what love is, you know, because my father seemed to have, mm -hmm. you know, not cared less what was going on with me. So I thought that that was what love was from a man. So I found myself making those type of choices. But eventually, I had to realize that I had to discover my own self worth. And my first step in doing that was actually finally forgiving. So my book really was a healing process for me. And that's why the project is so special to me, the book itself. Um, because, you know, what started off as me just exploring all the lessons I learned from the absence of my father grew to me getting to a point of forgiveness and then ultimately self-love. I, I love that. And one thing that really drew me in about, you know, the... I guess you can say the narrative of the collection of poetry, because for those of you who don't know, collection of poetry, they normally do have a theme and there's a sense of some feeling or enlightenment or just questions that you are supposed to be asking at the end. And I think what I love that you did was even just in the title, lessons, you know, the lessons taught by daddy, the aspect that, you know, when you first see it, you're thinking like, okay, like you're, you're going to go over these lessons, you know, that your father taught you, but then to, to read and to understand that the lessons was even in the absence of him being there, which I think in a very deeper form shows that even in the absence, there was still a relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's what sometimes people don't realize that even in a, especially with a parental figure, even in their absence, it's something that you take away and you learn from that behavior or that experience that ultimately um, begins to carry with you throughout life. So in his absence, absolutely, I learned many lessons from that. And I definitely know from speaking with, you know, some of my friends, mentors, having that dynamic of having, you know, an absent father, like you said, it makes you question yourself. It makes you question other relationships. So 
for yourself personally, if you would like to share, what were some of those questions that you asked, you know, yourself, especially when it came up to leading to this book? Like, what were those questions that had you say, not only do I need to answer these questions for myself, but then this next step of, I need to share these questions with others so they know that there are answers or a minimum there is a journey that needs to be taken as an individual. Absolutely. Um, there's many questions that I asked myself and I think one of the main ones was, am I lovable? You know, and the thing about it is, is that, um, the, in, in my mind and, and I think in many people's mind, which is why I wanted to share these, uh, these poems is because, it's like, am I lovable? But we're basing that off of someone else who we sometimes don't even realize don't have the knowledge or ability to love. So we're thinking that it's us, but in reality, they're incapable of loving for whatever reasons that have hindered them from doing so. So that was one of the questions that I had of, you know, am I lovable? And also like, you know, uh, is, is it something, is it something within me that makes people, you know, leave or not want to be around? Like, am I extra? Am I annoying? And, you know, is it something within myself that causes people or builds wedges in my relationships with people? And I had to realize that that, again, is a false narrative that I create because a lot of the times people's ability to be there for you or connect to you is based on their own maturity and where they are in life. And some people just really don't have the ability to love. Maybe they never receive love. They don't know what it looks like. Um, there could be many reasons, but we can't base our value off of other people's actions. That's really why I wanted to get the book out there, because I think a lot of women who grew up without fathers, and even if you did have your father, maybe you had a strained relationship, because there are people who have their fathers in the home, but they don't feel connected to them. They don't take time to get to know them. So it's like realizing that people's actions are not a reflection of you, but rather a reflection of them. And it's, it sounds like, you know, when I'm saying it, it just sounds like you just do it. But it's really a journey because who wouldn't feel that way? Who wouldn't feel like, oh, there must be something about me that made this person not want to be there, especially when you look around and you see everyone else's, you know, father there. So you're like, well, what was going on with my father? You know, so it's a lot to mm -hmm. process and it's a journey that you have to take because you literally teach yourself these things for so long that, oh, well, if I do this, then people will treat me this way. And if I act like this, then people will like me and they'll love me. So it's kind of like, you teach yourself that and you almost become whoever you think people want you to be. And that's who I was for a long time because I just wanted to be loved. And I got fed up of that. Honestly, it got so draining. So that also led me to realize like, who am I? That's another question I had to ask myself, like, who am I outside of what my grandma wants me to be? Or who am I outside of what my boss thinks I am or my friends? Then, you know, it's like, who am I truly? And once I started to realize who I was, that also led me to realize, well, in knowing, once you know yourself, you don't have to get definition from other people. So it's not based on how this person treats me because I already know who I am. 
that I have so many notes down. Wow. So I think this was like a little, like the sprinkles on top of my therapy appointment that I just did this past Wednesday, to be honest. <laughs> yes. And, and one of my, one of my friends, she's also a therapist too. So I feel like I just, um, I speak to her. I have a friend that's a life coach. I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people who have this very psychological and also just a very, you know, as, as you said, you know, what thoughts do you have? What thoughts aren't serving you mindset? So I just have like so many bullet points. So I think one of the first things you said, which is so true, which to anyone listening, you know, like you said, these lessons are also hard. It's not, it's easy. If it was easy, I believe no one would have issues. We would live in a utopian world, but we know that we have feelings that sometimes don't always know how to comprehend these conscious thoughts that, like you said, sound, sound easier said than done. You know, it's easy to say it's exactly. not you. It's like, I think most people understand on a conscious level, it's not them. But when you're subconsciously dealing with people, you still reflect that in your actions. And when you said, you know, we sometimes deal with people who don't even know what love is for themselves. That is so important. I, I feel that there are so many people who unfortunately never took their necessary journey to even loving themselves and even understanding what love was, you know, before they had a child or before they were in a relationship. Because again, you know, in this particular aspect, we're talking about, like you said, this dynamic of fatherhood. And I feel like so many people do this where, um, and again, I, when I was speaking to one of my friends who's a therapist, she put it to me like this. She's like, a lot of times people forget there was a life before we were born where our parents were not our parents. Like we met mm -hmm. them at a certain stage in their life. So we see them like, okay, like you said, you know, why can't you love me? What did I do? What is this? When in all actuality, they might've never even loved themselves. They, they, they might mm. be the friend, you know, or the person that we know in our present day who it's like, dang, like they just can't get it together. And we were actually just speaking about this the other day you know, because my job when I was back in New Jersey, I worked with homeless and at-risk youth and, you know, they're, they're homeless youth. So a lot of them, if, you know, parent might've passed away, a strange relationship, all of those mm -hmm. things to your point. And a big thing that it would be hard for some even counselors to grasp was, especially if they knew who their parent was, why did they keep trying to make a relationship, you know, happen? I'm like, because they're still their parent. I was like, I don't care how much love they have around them. I believe there is a spiritual pull to know this person is my mother and father. And I want a relationship with my mother and my father, no matter how much it hurts. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to your point, giving space and for anyone who feels that way, really giving the space for you to explore those feelings, because I do think sometimes we try to tell people, like, okay, well, they're not there, but look, you have all these people here that love you. And that, again, that is very much true. I personally believe that we have people in our lives that will fill those voids in our heart and our guidance and our spiritual journeys, but that does not replace the fact that this person was supposed to be this person. Mm-hmm, exactly. And and I'd actually like to ask you, you know, because hearing how, you know, detailed and passionate and I can hear the emotion in your voice when speaking about, you know, this topic and it just made me and I, it just came into my head, the narrative of when people have this term and I'm sure you've heard it. Oh, like they, she just has daddy issues, right? 
Mm -hmm. Why do you think we have such a nonchalant and even comical just quote unquote, oh, daddy issues when in fact, this is a very serious, you know, conversation that happens and that not only, you know, impacts women. Like, it's not like she, she has daddy issues. He might have daddy issues too. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because so often when people think of daddy issues, they just think of women. This woman has daddy issues. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's both men and women that have daddy issues. And, and with men, it actually perpetuates a cycle because a man who has daddy issues becomes a father and then he becomes the very absent father that he was you know, so, right. I, or that he had, I should say, excuse me. So it's like, it perpetuates a different type of cycle. I think the reason that the narrative is more so just like, oh, that's just daddy issues. They don't really take it serious is because I think people have a problem actually being real about the importance of mental health and actually getting the help that you need. I mean, there's such a um, stigma with, people getting and seeking therapy. I remember when I had a counselor and I was dating this guy at the time and he's just like, why do you have a counselor? Are you crazy? And it's like, no, I'm, I'm dealing with some heavy stuff. I'm, I'm actually working through some heavy things that happened to me versus just pretending like, oh, to admit that I have these emotions and to admit that I'm struggling with this means I have, a, I'm crazy. Like, I mean, people really don't take mental health serious or rather they create a false narrative about actually getting healing. So right. people just, just say, oh, that's daddy issues. Well, wait a minute. We need to work through this because it's more than just saying it's daddy issues because in reality, they make it like the woman is the problem. You know, like, oh, she's got daddy issues. But in reality, the man who caused those daddy issues is actually the root of the problem. And she just needs to work through what healing will be for her. Um, but people can't work through that because of, for some reason, people have this negative stigma about seeking help and getting healing. Mm. Actually, I love that answer. That is the stigma of mental health. And even, you know, because when I, when I saw your book and I saw this conversation happening, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I really want to explore this aspect of daddy issues and fatherhood. And according to like the National Fatherhood Institute. And again, this is where I was doing even a little bit more digging. And they said, sometimes these statistics are hard to navigate because like you said, it could be strained relationship. It could be absent father. Some people count, you know, a daddy issue or lack of fathers. Like the person is, they deceased, they're deceased. Like they might not even have been absent due to them, you mm -hmm. know, being absent, like something happened. But, you know, um, according in 2017, there were 19.7 million children and more than one fourth of them are without a, a, a father figure, a father in the home. So this statistic mm -hmm. across the board, and this is again, this is just everybody, all races, all religions, it is more than one in four. And this is children, like you said, not women, not girls, children. So there is something happening with this narrative. And I love that you said mental health, because as you said, the cycle perpetuates itself. I um, I, I, as I'm sure you can hear, and mm -hmm. as I'm sure, because we follow each other on social media, I'm a very like deep analyzer. I love to analyze things. And the one thing um, I've personally seen, and I, um, I think the comedian's name is Ali Wong, when she was preg pregnant and doing one of her standups, she kind of touched on a little bit, is like how we even 
praise men that are there because we have this narrative that they're not supposed to be there. And I don't think you realize that. Like, you know, if someone's mm -hmm. pregnant and the man is there at the appointment, it's like, oh my gosh, you like, that's so great that he's doing that. And it's like, he's this, he's that. And it's like, well, he was part of the creation of this child, I would hope. <laughs> that he's here and she's like she was like nobody's yeah, exactly. praising me i'm the star of the show like if i wasn't here you know you would call it neglect and i've had a lot of conversations you know with women about this this conversation and how there is a societal narrative in my personal view where even when fatherhood is presented to men we treat it like well he ain't gonna do it right anyway so we stop ourselves we and like you said i think it's just a perpetuating cycle and at some point we really have to get the help we need like you said really address the mental health that's happening for the men who are perpetuating being these absent fathers whatever that means whether it's like you're you're just i'm not talking to you it's a strained relationship x y and z and the the women and these girls who it's like you said it's just like well what did i do and i would also like to ask you when it came to the relationship what were you finding that was popping up in your relationship that was you know a correlation to the lack of father the, the lack of a father figure in your life well for me it was a, a variety of things i actually had got into a relationship with well my 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 son's father he is uh he was in foster care so we actually almost had like a bond where we bonded based on the fact that we had abandonment issues and we became almost like heavily like always wanting to hang out with each other really dependent on that bond with one another and i think that that opened my eyes a lot to realize like i had a need to always be like around someone or feeling like someone loved me to feel good like if there was times when me and him weren't speaking or on good terms then i felt really low and i felt really down and it's like well wait a minute why is all of my emotion and happiness coming from whether or not this person quote unquote loves me because that's not how it should be so i realized that that was an error mm. and that was an issue so i wanted to like think about what causes me to feel that way like why do i feel like i need to feel this love from him in order to be happy or feel some sort of fullness. And then also just the controlling aspect of our relationship, which it really progressed into a unhealthy relationship in that sense, that also made me think like after the fact, not while I was in the relationship really, but after the fact, like why did I allow A, B and C to continue to go on? what did i think of myself because i know that i know better i know that i shouldn't be treated like that by a man so what in my mind allowed me to feel like that was okay and so that's really when i started to dive in deeper about you know why i was choosing certain individuals why i felt like i had to um be whoever they wanted me to be why i would change to fit into the woman i thought they wanted me to be so that they would stay around um so it was just several things that made me start to explore like hmm i think that this is rooted in the fact that i'm seeking this love from a man and i'm seeking unconditional love from a man but in reality all of the love i was ever getting was always based on conditions that i was placing on myself to just basically keep that love going 
Um, so it was a lot of different things that led me to really start to reflect and think about um, my relationship with my father and how it had affected me. Because up until that point of realizing, wow, why am I choosing these type of relationships? I really actually thought like, oh, it's not affecting me that much because, you know, I didn't really know him. It wasn't, a, I didn't feel bad about it, you know, but I realized it did affect me because it caused me to seek that love in others and in an unhealthy way. And then also once my son was born, it's crazy because I found myself as a single mom. So I started thinking to myself, like, you know, being that single mom, like, how did that cycle, the cycle that I didn't want to happen to me, how did it end up like that? And it was really because one of the guy, you know, type of person I was dating at the time, but also it's just kind of like, with me ending up in that same position, with my son not really having a active dad, I wanted to explore it further, like, how does this happen? Because it's like a cycle that I really didn't want to happen, but ended up happening anyway. And I'm I'm really glad that you are very much in a space of willingness to like look inside, be introspective, look at what's happening that like, and all of that, because like you said, and I've just uh, recently gotten to a point with a lot of things too, that I've been looking at in my life that many times we try to deny or we try to ignore or we try to and i'm happy that you even said think like well you know it happened but it doesn't really bother me so it's fine and again this goes back to i think what we both said earlier it's like on the conscious side it might not bother you like you might you might just be able to say it really doesn't bother me but somewhere subconsciously your actions are reflecting something different and so i'm very you know mm, glad yeah. that you put this collection together because i definitely think it's going to help start a lot of conversations for people um because like i said i think the term of daddy issues and all these different things gets thrown around as it's like just a simple joke i think it's used so many times probably in movies and shows that you know i think even we as people get normalized to it like we don't think someone's issues of an absent father is like something because it's like oh like like you said just get over it. you're fine until you know someone really speaks up and it's like no i'm making choices based mm -hmm. off this lack of a relationship that i had and it's like i don't really know how to navigate that so is there anything in closing that you would like to say for anyone who's maybe looking, you know, take that journey for themselves, anyone who may be even looking to understand what exactly those questions are in their head, and maybe even just a something of comfort to be like, hey, like, this is okay, in the aspect of it's not okay that you're going through this, it's not okay that you had an absent, you know, father figure, but it is okay to admit that this hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first step that you have to take is one, being real with yourself. Because again, we create the narrative in our mind like, oh, I don't care. Especially now with uh, the society we live in, everything, everyone's so nonchalant. It's no F's given yes. all the time. Nothing bothers me, you know? Right. And it's like, you have to be real with yourself for one. And then also learning to realize the journey that you took but do it with forgiveness in your mind for yourself. Because I think a lot of the times we're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And we, we, we continue to blame ourselves. It's a cycle of a blaming yourself. But in reality, it's, you gotta give yourself a little bit of grace and say, you know what, I was hurting from this. 
I made these choices, but I'm actually ready to heal. So I think that that's important too, recognizing that you don't have to feel bad for anything that has happened or mistakes you've made, like for me being in a bad relationship and knowing that I should have gotten out of that sooner, but realizing like, you know what, this was a part of my journey to get me to where I am now. And then also just really exploring your feelings, like just actually not trying to act like you don't have feelings, which a lot of people try to do now, but exploring those feelings and saying, you know what, when this person left, this hurt me. And then what has happened since then? How do I feel about it now? Like, you know, and if you do have that opportunity to actually speak with your father, if that's something that's still available to you, I would also recommend doing that, which I know it's a hard conversation to have, but I think sometimes people don't even realize how they've hurt us. And even if you don't get the necessary apology, at least you have made peace with it. I think that that's important as well. Mm. So I have number one, like you said, be real. And I agree with you. We have a very like ethic culture. It doesn't matter. And that is why everybody's walking around stressed out because it does matter. That is why you're, you know, people are not only in mental pain, but they're also in physical pain because it manifests like that to forgive, which is, which is needed because we sometimes hold ourselves to these higher standards. So like you said, you're, you're mad that this person left. So you're blaming yourself for that. And then you're also blaming yourself for the choices you made because they left. So it's like all of mm-hmm. this internalized trauma on you when it's like, you know, the root of it was not even your fault. And then um, I put three exploring your feelings because that's necessary. I actually even spoke to someone the other, like the other day, maybe a week or two ago, like it is okay to like, hate a person and and get to a place where it's like you know because i think a lot of people like you said want to do the be real like oh my god like f it i don't care about them and i feel like that can be achieved you can get to a place where this person doesn't have an emotional impact on you but you have to go through the stages of like i really hate this person for what they did if you can't address that you will never get to a place where it's like you said i'm just at peace with their actions i'm at peace with my actions and when they walk into a room it's like they walked in it's okay whereas a lot of times we're like i don't care but as soon as a person walks into the room we leave like we're it mm-hmm. i can't even be around them right so i, I tell people in time like i think we skip steps and it's like oh, this could be achieved between the steps and i think the fourth one which i do like because think all of this really does center like we just have to be honest with ourselves like you said be real that's why that's the first one if you can have these conversations have them because i've experienced even personally um not in the context of like parental father uh parental and the fatherhood but you know more of like intimate partner relationships with people that i've dated and since like broken up with where you know i'm like well i want to talk to them about x y and z and people are like why like it's not there it's ended just leave it alone instead of like you said it is okay to feel like you need some answers or at minimum it's okay to to just understand like is anything a possibility because like you said the conversation might completely go to the left and even understanding that that could possibly happen but recognizing that if that happens at least i know who this person is like to your point all of these questions i had in my head you know what i can silence them because even when i you know went not even halfway i went 80 percent of the way they couldn't even meet me 20 percent exactly because if a person can't if you bring something to 
someone and they can't be accountable, then you already realize kind of the level of growth they're mm -hmm. at. And I don't fault anyone because uh, it's been a journey of growth for me. I, I've not just always been a person that's accountable for a while. You know, things were always someone else's fault, you know, for me, I did that for a long time. So I'm not judging, but I'm saying sometimes people just, people can only meet you where they are. So if I have a conversation with someone and they can't even be real and accountable about what they've done, then at that point I realized like, you know what? I understand where you're at and that's okay. Right. You know, but I feel a lot better. <laughs> right. Cause like you said, it just answered those questions where again, like we said um, earlier in our conversation, you, you weren't even at a level to, to have this conversation. So I have to just make peace. Like, guess what? Maybe, maybe at another point in time we could do this, but as of right now, I just need to make peace with it. So I am there again. I think there's a lot of great stuff happening in your life. Like again, congratulations on the nomination. Congratulations on um, your poetry book, Lessons Taught by Daddy. So to close us out, can you give us um, your info where we can follow you and where people can buy your collection of poetry? Yes, absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram at underscore underscore Mona dot Lisa. Again, that's underscore underscore Mona dot Lisa. Also, um, you can follow my artist page on Facebook, which is Angelique Ambers. Um, my collection of poems, Lessons Taught by Daddy, is currently available on Amazon for purchase. If you just put in Lessons Taught by Daddy and my last name, Ambers, A-N-D-E-R-S, then it will come up. And so it is currently available on Amazon for purchase. On August 14th, it will be available on other platforms like Apple eBooks and Barnes and Noble. So if you prefer to go there, that is an option for you later this month. So um, that will definitely be available. I do, if you follow my Instagram, I post motivational messages as well as I post poetry there as well. So if you're enjoying poetry or if you're um, a lover of reading or just want to check me out, definitely head over to my Instagram, which again is underscore underscore Mona.Lisa. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So, so, so much for joining us today. Thank you for this conversation. I think this will definitely, you know, just like your collection of poetry, help someone that really is navigating these feelings. And I'm wishing you um, continued blessings in 2020. Again, congratulations on your nomination. And just keep being a light and keep walking this journey. I feel like, like I said, um, I've definitely recognized some things that I have to heal from, and it's not easy. You got to do the work. Absolutely. And I definitely want to say thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate you. Thank you. I, I Thank you. I appreciate that so much. So wow, wow, wow. That was amazing. So first and foremost, if you are interested in getting Angelique Amber's book, please look at the show notes. I actually have a link to Amazon where you can get her book as well as her Instagram. And I really just wanted to drive the, po the point home of caring about your feelings and not trying to just push them down into your subconscious, push them down into your soul, thinking that if you swallow them, the problem's going to go away. We really do have this narrative of that this thing called daddy issues or even parental issues as a whole is just like, oh, like they have issues with their parents. Instead of really actually acknowledging how much damage that can do to us. I mean, at the end of the day, these are people who are to our knowledge, supposed to raise, love, care for us, and make us the best people that they could. And unfortunately for a lot of us, those job 
requirements were not met. And so I'm happy that Angelique was able to expose her truth and give us her truth and not only this podcast, but also in the form of poetry to be able to see a glimpse of what her journey looked like and to realize that we can take that journey as well. So I really do want to encourage anyone who is dealing with whether it be quote unquote daddy issues, parental issues as a whole, or just having, you know, this feeling in your soul about these relationships in your life that it is okay to acknowledge them. Okay, we really do have to get over this F the feelings culture and you have to really sit with them, see if you could be exposed to it. And the biggest thing I'm going to drive home only because I feel people have projected the way they like to handle their situations onto me. If you want to clear the air, there is such a thing as closure. Does it always happen? No, it doesn't. Do sometimes we mask closure with actually wanting to keep a relationship going? Yes, we do. But that is why, as Angelique pointed out first, you got to understand how you feel and you got to understand what your intentions are. But there is such a thing of just needing to close that chapter because what's the point of walking around for years, 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 years and just feeling like you never got the answers to these questions or you never really understood why this person did what they did. So just wanted to give y'all that as well. Thank you once again to Angelique for this amazing interview. As mentioned before, you can follow her on Instagram. That link is in the show notes. Please, please, please support local artists. Please support black women. Make sure you go into the show notes and get that poetry book. And as always, subscribe to As I Was Saying Podcast. You don't want to miss our new episodes. Like I said, it's going to get popping over here in a little bit. I'm excited for people I have lined up for y'all. I'm excited for topics that I personally will be talking about. And I'm just really excited that y'all are taking this journey with me, okay? So don't forget to subscribe and make sure you follow us on Instagram, As I Was Saying Podcast. Until next week.